Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. Merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store, and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello and welcome to the Sports History Network Showcase, our in-house show featuring SHN podcasters talking sports, talking history, and talking sports history. My name is Oz Davis, host of the Sports History Network's Truly the Ghost podcast. And on this episode of the Showcase, I'll be joined by John Davis, host of the Sports History Network podcast for the good of the game. John, how are you doing today? Doing wonderful. Great. Let's just get right into it. I want to talk your podcast with you, but first, let's talk about your background. Now, you've been a coach, is that correct? That's correct. I uh, I actually started out. I was I was a career military officer, and during the period of time I was on active duty, um, during that span of time, we had four children, three boys and a girl, and because I had played up through my sophomore year of college. I was very interested in coaching the kids. So I ended up coaching uh, from basically the flag football level starting at about eight years old up through high school football for 20 plus years, spanning all of my kids growing up. So I was very blessed to coach all four of my kids in every sport they played when I wasn't deployed with the Army. So it was a uh, it was a great experience, a lot of training, a lot of heartache, but a whole lot of satisfaction and, uh, you know, really having a lot of impact, hopefully on, you know, a few kids lives. Great. What uh, what sports do your daughters play? Well, my daughter played flag football. My, I, yeah, three three boys and a girl. The daughter's the youngest. So she grew up. Uh, we used to say that, uh, you know, with three older brothers, she she was uh, harder than woodpecker lips. So I, I uh, we, we actually uh, she actually started out playing flag football in a league where she was the only girl and she used to put her hair up in a bun. And uh, it used to frustrate her because through the first series of games, the other coaches would yell, catch him. She was the fastest kid in the league of all, you know, faster than all the boys. And uh, she, she was indignant that they said, catch him, catch him mm-hmm. until they discovered she was a girl, which, of course, you know, made it even worse for the players on the other team because they got beat by a girl. So, um, but I coached baseball and football primarily, uh, all ages, as I said, up through high school. Um, I, I helped with indoor soccer at one point and, uh, mm. I've done some individual sports. And then I also, uh, ran an indoor track club, uh, with a guy who's a good friend of mine who was the, uh, the senior Olympic senior Olympics gold medalist in the hundred and 200 meters. Um, and, and we had an indoor track club, but it was primarily football and baseball. Hmm. Okay. Now the podcast itself seems to be an offshoot of the website. 
And uh, I'd like to talk about the the podcast in just a moment. But how long were you doing the website? And uh, was this your first foray into actual formal football history? No, um, the the history piece um, was really pr- a pretty natural play for me because of how I got into uh, uh, podcasting. So first of all, I was sitting having, I was, I was literally driving Uber one day uh, and which I do periodically just because I enjoy the heck out of it. It's a lot of fun. And I was talking to David Diaz Infante who played uh, for the uh, Denver Broncos, won two Super Bowl rings with them. And at one time, when David made his first start in the NFL, he was the oldest player to have started his first time at, you know, at that age. Mm. And I said, uh, I, I, we were going to call the podcast old dogs and new tricks because I was going to be interviewing a lot of older guys. Um, and he said, and I said, yeah, the byline is going to be for the good of the game. And he said, for, Oh, he goes, you ought to make that the title of the podcast. Mm. So I, I ended up eventually deciding to do that. The history piece really came in more because I had had several jobs where I was very blessed to uh, uh, hire and work with multiple former NFL alumni to do football camps for the company. And I worked for and then I I also worked for I I was the uh, director of tryout camps for two different uh, pro leagues that unfortunately never got off the ground. Which leagues? Well, one one was uh, Major League Football, which is as originally tried to start up as a spring league about five years ago. Um, it failed and tried again. And, and to be honest, it's not off the back burner yet. There are still possibilities. And then there was another league that ultimately uh, it, 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 I'm not affiliated with it anymore. It was uh, it dribbled into the spring league, which you hear so much about. Um, but um, the the idea was, I was sitting around talking to my wife about this and and she said, well, you've got all these guys in your contact list. Why don't you just, you know, you've got all these associations, all these friendships and, 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 you know, all these colleagues from past jobs. Why don't you give a few guys a call and see if they'd be interested? So I spent about a week doing that. And by the time it was over with, I had 43 guys who had agreed to do podcast interviews and, um, you know, very blessed to have guys like uh, Ted Cottrell, the innovator of the of the 4-3 defense, uh, Billy Whiteshoes Johnson, who I consider still to this day probably the the greatest return man and and probably the guy who should be credited with the end zone celebration, a la the Funky Chicken. Sure. So he's he, I believe he's still on the all time team. Yeah. It, in fact, it was it was really kind of neat because I had just we had to redo his interview. He we did it uh, mm. in Atlanta. And uh, at a hotel and um, he wasn't feeling good. So I came back about two months later and we re-interviewed him in a, in a actual uh, studio and the the interview itself came out wonderful. And um, we were able to incorporate some of his highlights into the, into the video and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool, but yeah, it's, so the history part was really more linked to the fact that, when you looked at last year as the hundredth year of the NFL and how all the celebrations that went on, it was really more of kind of a, a tribute to say, you know, wow, a lot of these guys played. And it was neat, for instance, to see Billy uh, at the Super Bowl. They introduced, you know, the the seventy uh, fifth anniversary team, I think, or hundredth mm-hmm. anniversary all time team, and he was out there with several of the other guys that I had interviewed. So that was really neat, and that's 
so it was really more of an era type of thing when these guys played that kind of brought the history into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of For the Good of the Game. My name is John Davis, JD, and I'm your Your podcast has an interesting format in that you almost have these story arcs from season to season, like these themes. Mm-hmm. Like in the way in the way of modern TV shows, basically, in the way of modern podcast series as well. Tell us a little bit about that. How how do you arrange these seasons thematically? Well, when we started out last year with season one, the idea was I the the name of the podcast needed to generate uh, a little bit of interest, even even if I and I and I figured it would be a slow growth, you know, organic growth because it's a niche podcast, you know, and like so many of us are. So, um, you know, when I when I wanted to get at for the good of the game as the title, I thought, well, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to go after these interviews as being uh, football insights and life skills. I want young kids as well as older adults who might, you know, the young kids aren't necessarily going to know who all these guys are, but their parents will. So as we go through this, I want, wanted there to be goodness in the in the interviews that we did. So we focused on things like, well, you know, at what age did you start playing? How did you get into football? What did you learn? You know, what coaches were instrumental in impacting your career, either in high school or college? Like like and you in little nuggets you learn, like, for instance, Ted Cottrell didn't start playing football until he was in high school. You know, and, and he ended up actually winning more national championships and accolades as a track and field guy. Uh, as he did prior to being inducted into his college football hall of fame. And then ultimately, you know, got drafted and played a year in the league and another year or two in the CFL before he retired and became a coach. So it was going after the football insights and life skills because I wanted there to be a takeaway or a lesson learned or wisdom from each episode that a young kid, an athlete, be they in middle school or high school can relate to and say, wow, here's a guy that made it to the highest level or coached at the highest level. And here's what he was saying. Maybe I can learn something from that. And then for season two, I really didn't want to get into X's and O's. There's a million podcasts that do, you know, football uh, tactics, if you will. Um, So uh, I really focused on relationships and it was, uh, it was reaching back out to a few of the guys I had talked to and being very fortunate to have, like, you know, we ended up having, uh, Anthony Munoz on the first episode, Bruce Smith on the third episode. So we, and what we did was we focused on their relationship with the coach that was with them. In, in the case of Anthony Munoz, uh, Jim McNally, who they were together for 13 years at the Cincinnati Bengals. So it was more thematically, it was more like, okay, I want to go from the, the insights and life skills to more of a relationship piece and say, what can we glean from the relationships that contributed to those, either the coaches or the players' success or both, and how their relationship with each other, as well as the rest of the team in the culture that was set up uh, and that in which they related and interacted, helped them progress through their careers. And uh, even doing, you know, we did Bill Curry, his uh, his video called The Huddle, uh, which he did shortly after uh, or he got the idea for shortly after 9-11. Um, 
was really the genesis for the whole relationships piece because he talks about in the huddle it being, you know, kind of a cauldron for building those relationships. Doesn't matter what your skin color, your religion, your background, where you're from, your economic status, that 11 guys in the huddle of a football team are there as brothers to give way together and try and achieve a common goal. And that's kind of the way we wanted to, to do this season. So the inter- interview with Coach Curry was was uh, pretty impactful. Uh, June Jones, we st- even though it was a single interview, we still did the relationships piece talking uh, with all the stuff that he had done. Uh, so it's, you know, I'm, I'm actually, even though I'm only a third of the way through season two, um, we're actually looking now at building the theme for season three so we can start lining up interviews well ahead of time because I'm really excited about, you know, trying to grow this thing as we move along. Uh, right. We're talking with John Davis, host of the Sports History Network podcast for the good of the game. You want to give us a teaser for a couple of upcoming episodes? Well, we just released one called Host the Hosts, where I interviewed three high school coaches who are all also podcast hosts. <laughs> um, and uh, they, they are all three authors. They all three write, uh, you know, and, and one of them runs camps. I have... Uh, the episode we're going to release this week is with a gentleman who is an NFL agent, and he represents both uh, players and coaches. And then we've got an interview coming up where we're trying to present uh, a perspective, let's say, perspectives from opposite sides of the pond. I'm interviewing two guys that are huge into parent engagement and coach training one of whom is from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and the other is from the UK and lives outside of London. So we're going to get two completely different cultural perspectives um, on, you know, parents in sports, as it were, and the relationships and how their their businesses interact and help, you know, hopefully build strong bonds for kids as they grow up through sports. Who's your dream guest? Who's the who's the who's one or maybe a couple players or coaches or figures or whoever that you would like to have on? On the on the coaching side, um, it would be probably Tony Dungy and mm. uh, Herm Edwards. I have a tremendous amount of respect for both those guys. Um, I, uh, I I certainly have other guys that that I would enjoy interviewing, but I think with what those two guys have done and their approach to coaching, I really have tremendous admiration for. From a player standpoint. Um, one old and one new or one current. I, I think I'd really like to interview Earl Campbell. And and I have reached out to him several times. I've not been successful in touching base with him. Of course, he has a foundation and he's got, yeah. you know, gatekeepers that do his <laughs> mm-hmm. do his interaction. So yeah. I have not, although he just had his birthday, maybe it, maybe I ought to try again by singing happy birthday to him on a video or something. But uh, <laughs> there and the uh, and the other one is uh, Larry Fitzgerald. I, I, mm. I would really... And, and I do actually have some inroads. Uh, one of his uh, former offseason coaches is a good friend of mine. And um, we have chatted, uh, although I'm leaving him alone right now because he's a high school coach in California right. and they're in season right now. So um, but I would love to have on the player side yeah, be Earl Campbell, and probably Larry Fitzgerald. And there's some others, but those are the ones that pop into my mind is definitely being on my on my dream list. OK, so. We're going to get you out of here real soon, but just wanted to get your impression. What do you make of what's been happening this offseason in the NFL? The early bets on the Super Bowl or the draft? Well, I tell you, it's interesting. Um, I'm a lifetime Alabama fan. 
And if you, you know, just following the fact that Alabama just had their second pro day today right. and the guys that they've got coming out, I mean, they're, they're potentially draft wide, all, all layers of the right. draft. They could, they, they may end up with, uh, you know, definitely double digit draftees, right. but, um, the, uh, I honestly believe, based on the move that was just made by the 49ers and the fact that Shanahan's offense is very quarterback friendly and Mac Jones is more of a true pocket passer, it is not going to surprise me at all. And this is not there's no genius on my part. I mean, I, I, I just literally before we got on was watching SportsCenter as I was eating a snack and they were talking about this. I really believe we may see Mac Jones go third to the San Francisco 49ers who traded up to get that spot. Um, I think that the the season expanding to 17 games, even though in the net they shortened it by one play or one uh, preseason game, so you're still going to have 20 games total, three preseason, 17 in season. Um, I think that's you know it's a money grab by the NFL and the owners, in my opinion, uh, but it does so without increasing necessarily the qu- the quantity of risk for the individual players, because they're still playing the same amount of games. One of them will now be more meaningful than it was before. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects uh, the situation. And then again, you know, with COVID, we don't know. I'm sure I would be willing to bet that by the time the season kicks off, they'll probably require all the players to have been vaccinated at that point. Oh, yeah. Um, because that's going to, you know, decrease the overall risk. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm sure they'll still have protocols and everything. But it's going to be interesting to me to see, um, you know, how how things play out. I absolutely, in my opinion, um, given the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to sign, re-sign every single one of their 22 starters on offense and defense after the Super Bowl, I certainly give the early nod to Tampa Bay as being the, a heavy preseason favorite to go to, to repeat. Um, but I, I don't think you can count out Kansas City. Uh, I, I just don't know what their status is going to be. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with the draft and how they bol- bolster their line. The Rams have a real quarterback now. Can I interest you in the Rams? This True, true. <laughs> there there are several teams that have made early moves and then, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the Jags and, and they seem intent based on what Urban Meyer has said to take Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I, I'm, I'm always leery of, especially quarterbacks. It's, it's other positions are not necessarily may other than maybe left tackle and running mm-hmm. back. Other positions are a little bit easier, and I'm saying this having never played in the NFL, so you know, take it for what it's worth. They seem to me, based on a foot as a fan and as a former coach, at least at the lower levels, it's easier to step into some of those positions and learn an offense and be able to perform at a high level. Uh, but quarterbacks are unique in that, like so many other uh, sports, it's there's there's such a cerebral part to it. It really is about the football IQ of the guy and the system he goes to. And I'll tell you, from having had discussions with multiple friends of mine who are former NFL players, so much depends upon the system the player goes to, because a great player can go to a system that is not suited for his skill set. And regardless of how well he does, how good the coaching is and all that, it just may never be a good match. Um, 
and I'm not talking about like the Ryan Leafs of the world, <laughs> but you know that you 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 may see that that evidence of that may be Sam Darnold with the Jets, you know. Um, and there's a few other guys. We'll have to wait and see. So I'm always a little leery about quarterbacks, left tackles, and running backs in terms of just jumping right in and becoming a starter um, uh, because of, of the criticality of those positions, running backs more so in blitz pickup and blocking than even running the ball. And obviously quarterback and left tackle are connected um, or right tackle in the case of if you're to attack of Iloa because you got to have your right tackle cover your blind side. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it, it's those kind of things are uh, are always a little iffy to me. Um, so I don't know. It, we, you know. We'll have to see, you know, how the Rams fare, given the fact that they picked up a, uh, a good quarterback now. Yeah, well, we like it, Los Angeles here. One last question. You said you're a Crimson Tide fan. Uh, will you admit to being uh, any fan of an NFL team, Titans, Cowboys? I, I have been I it's it's so funny you ask because I have I have often been criticized for my eclectic taste in teams. Um I have I, I have been a lifelong Cowboys fan. Um to the extent that back in the day my dad ran uh, he had an insurance company and the company had an R V that they owned and he would loan it out to clients. And uh every thanks well, not every Thanksgiving, but many Thanksgivings uh, my mom would make Thanksgiving dinner a day ahead of time. We'd load everybody in the RV and we'd go tailgate and then go into the game. Nice. And, uh, and that was even, uh, you know, back when the, the old stadium, the old indoor stadium had just been built. They, we, we, I went to one game at the Cotton Bowl, but it was, uh, it was most of the time it was after that. Um, but I have, I've been a lifelong Boston Red Sox fan of baseball, Cowboys fan of football. Uh, Alabama fan in college baseball, and my oldest son and I are both Syracuse graduates, so we follow Syracuse basketball collegiately, and and I follow their football team. Unfortunately, they just haven't had a real good, <laughs> real strong run recently since Donovan McNabb, mm. but um, it is what it is. But yeah, Cowboys are my NFL team. My alma mater is University of New Mexico. I don't need to hear it about bad football teams. <laughs> All right, John Davis host of the Sports History Network podcast for the good of the game. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. It's been an honor. Yeah, thanks very much. Keep up the great work, man. You, you got it. Great. I mean, seriously, everybody out there, I don't usually do this, but everybody out there, you got to check out this podcast. Some fantastic interviews like we just talked about. Several players on the all-time NFL team. You, you got to check out this podcast. Great work, John. Thanks. Thanks, Austin. Appreciate it. This has been Sports History Network Showcase Podcast. We'd like to thank our guest, John Davis, of the For the Good of the Game podcast, which is available through sportshistorynetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The theme song for the SHN Showcase is Quartz by Ani Tech and is available through a fair use agreement via freemusicarchive.org. SHN Showcase will be back soon with another Sports History Network podcast. Until then, this is Oz Davis saying stay safe and stay historical.
Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude. And I hope that you enjoyed this recent episode presented by the Sports History Network and were able to learn some good old-fashioned sports history knowledge nuggets. I started the Sports History Network back in 2020 with the mission to help podcasters find a community of like-minded sports history nerds as well as helping aspiring podcasters to start their own shows. We have a little bit over 30 shows on the network right now covering all sorts of sports history. But as far as I'm concerned, we're just at the toothpick in the ocean moment. You know that. Can't even figure it out because there's so much more coming. We wanted to create the ultimate headquarters for sports yesteryear, starting with Podcast Network and our website. But we're going to continue to move into other mediums as well. And here's the cool part, because we want you to be part of our team. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast or maybe being a guest on one of our shows, or who knows, maybe even writing an article for us over on the website. Seriously, all you gotta do is reach out to us on the contact page over at sportshistorynetwork.com. You can be as technologically savvy as a Neanderthal tapping on a stone trying to figure out this whole hieroglyphics thing back in the day. Again, it doesn't matter, because even if you don't understand the whole podcast space, we have a production team that can pretty much help you out with doing everything. All you gotta do, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com, head to the contact page, fill it out. That message goes right to me and I'll reach out to you as soon as I can. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through.